Welcome to Shine On Lemon Grove. I'm Greg Shibley, joined by my original and occasionally outrageous co-host, Leanna LeBaron. Hello, Leanna. How are you? Hello, I'm doing fine. And I heard that you've been up to some stuff recently. You Ooh. interviewed the mayor? I did. I did. I talked with Mayor Vasquez uh, the other day, like last week. It was about a week ago now. Yeah. Okay, so what's your overall impression? Really good stuff. We covered a lot of things. We covered a lot of things. But also, I, it was it was tricky, I think, a little bit. Um, How so? So I felt that I had to strike a certain balance. Let me go back. I About a week before I did the interview, I went on Nextdoor and also on Facebook and just kind of said, hey, everybody, I'm going to be interviewing the mayor next week. Does anyone have some questions they want me to ask or things they want me to bring up? And the response was overwhelming, to say the least. And even now, I'm still getting responses. There's more discussion on Nextdoor, that Request. same thread. Requests. People are asking stuff. People have a lot of things on their mind. And I've been getting direct messages that I haven't even had time to respond to all of them yet. So it's been great. But now, of course, in this interview situation, we can't cover everything. And um, there's so only a certain amount of time, right? Only a certain amount of time. And we actually we actually addressed that. So for the most part, we spoke about the sales tax measure, okay. right? a, a subject near and dear to your heart, I know. Mm -hmm. And we touched on a couple of other things. And she even said at the end, though, that there were other things that she would love to talk about. But we both kind of agreed that well, first of all, she only had a certain amount of time, but we also kind of agreed that we had given the audience plenty to digest. And so it was better to leave other subjects for future podcasts. And she actually suggested that we do more interviews and go over different different subjects at different times. So. Uh, so the interview was mostly about the sales tax? I would say that was the main subject. We okay, also because I'm sure people had a lot of questions that had nothing to do with that well and so did i to be honest yeah. but we were kind of limited in what we could cover so we did talk a little bit about first of all a little background about her who yeah. she is where she come from and we did manage to touch on a bunch of other things just not as in depth as with the sales tax and then that pretty much took us to over 40 minutes of interview yeah so yeah so hopefully we can get to all these other subjects later and um so what kind of questions were people asking oh you mean on next door and facebook and stuff yeah what did people want to know about i'm very curious i have a lot of questions that i would have wanted you to ask so sure all, what did our neighbors want to know all sorts of things from big to small i mean people there were a lot of a lot of concerns about homelessness about empty storefronts people were asking about potholes people were asking about can we do something about all these little mini liquor bottles that they see all over the ground i mean it was the ones that i pick up when i go on my trash walks exactly i know yeah. very i know a lot about those trash those so, bottles so it was it was all over the place the the striking thing though was how much um shall i say passion there was <laughs> out there and not always very positive so she definitely okay. has her critics Right, which of yes. course anyone, any elected official is is 
is going to have. Also, as you know, when you go online, it generally is the people who are angry who make the most noise, right? The people who feel that everything's fine, they don't feel the need to, to contribute too much mm -hmm. to the conversation. So you have to take that into consideration. But still, there were, there were a lot of people who were genuinely concerned and had some very genuine, sincere questions. There were plenty of people who were critical, to say the least. And there were some people who honestly were just downright mean. But you're always going to get a few mm -hmm. of those. So are the questions that our neighbors had on social media, mm. were they specific, were they about, you brought up topics such as homelessness and open storefronts, were they about her views on that? Because she's one person, right? So Raquel Vasquez, Joe Schmo, Susie, Susie Adams, I don't know, Maria Alvarez, whoever is to come, they're not going to be the solution to those things. So was it people more so wanting to know what are her opinions or what ideas does she have? There were a couple questions from people that were more specific to Raquel Vasquez. People saying, could you ask her what her vision for Lemon Grove is? Right, for example. like that's what I'm wondering. There were a couple is kind of things people... like that. And I, and I managed to get that question in as well. Yeah, I would want to know that. I would want to know her answer to that, her right. response to that. A lot of the comments, though, were honestly, were just generally complaining about things in Lemon Grove and just seeing her perhaps as the um, the representative of the city, and so therefore, well, you know, okay. talk to her about this. Okay, I see. So do you feel she adequately answered your questions? Was there sincerity and fullness behind her questions? Or her answers, sorry. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I would have liked a little more specifics on some things. But keep in mind, she is a politician, right? And like mm. every politician, and I mean literally every politician, mm. every politician measures I'm their words. I'm not liking where this is going. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just a reality check, I think. Okay. Every politician, even the ones that you adore, they measure their words, right? Of course. They are being careful about what they say and they're thinking. That's part of the job. At least any politician who's going to have a halfway successful career in politics, you just have to do that. Right? You have to have some kind of filter. Mm -hmm. So was there an element of that going on here sometimes? Yes. But I went into the interview expecting that. I just know that's how it works. So I'll leave it to the listeners to make their own interpretations. You know, and, I mean, she was certainly pleasant the whole time, even a couple times when I gave her a little bit of pushback on things. It was perfectly pleasant, and she was perfectly willing to talk. So does that answer your question? I feel like I, I avoided your question. No, no, you answered it. Yeah. Now, I saw my role in this as being very much like it was with the congressional candidates that we talked with. So as I'm not like a moderator. Yeah, I think that'd be a good word for it because I tried to be moderate. Yeah, I, I, I feel that overall, my opinion doesn't matter. I mean, that's irrelevant to this interview. Right. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean that I'm going to just throw softballs either, but I'm going to present the issues, challenge, push back a little bit here and there where I can, and overall provide an open forum for our guest to explain herself and her views, which is exactly what I would do for someone for else, anyone. for some other guest who has exactly polar opposite positions that she does. Mm -hmm. so, which seems fair. Yeah. Anyway, I hope people enjoy it and 
they get something out of it. And like I said, hopefully it's just the first of many to come. I'm intrigued. Yeah, so she was she was very nice to call in and make some time. I know she was busy. We had some we had a tough time even scheduling it. She had a tough schedule, but um yeah, no, I appreciate her fitting us in. And we had a good time, actually. So I look forward to hearing what you think about it. Let's get to it. Let's hear this. I am on the phone with at long last, Raquel Vasquez, the mayor of Lemon Grove. Madam Mayor, thank you for talking with me. And thank you so very much for having me on your podcast today. Um, really happy to join in and share a little bit about myself, but also a little bit about Lemon Grove. Well, the pleasure is ours, I can tell you. Now, we have a lot to talk about. And I know you're a busy woman, so I want to make sure we get to it. But first, to start off with, let's go over a little background. How about telling us briefly where you're from and how you came to be mayor of Lemon Grove? I'd like to say it was quite a remarkable journey, as I am originally from the Los Angeles area, born and raised. I uh, attended school graduated from Cal State Northridge, met my husband who served in the United States Navy with honor, courage, and commitment, ventured our way to San Diego County, and we decided that we wanted to purchase a home, and we purchased our home here in Lemon Grove, and we raised our family. And uh the way that I got involved in Lemon Grove, my husband, he served our country with honor, courage, and commitment, and he was gone up to six months at a time. And so I would work my full-time job, and we have two daughters, and I would take my daughters with me, and we would volunteer in the community. We would volunteer to help at help out at community cleanups. We would help at senior homes, paint art, which led to opportunities, opportunities to serve on boards and commissions. And I applied to become a planning commissioner. Mm-hmm. And I served as a planning commissioner for the city of Lemon Grove. And that was in I what year? And that was, oh, mid-2000. It's mm-hmm. probably, let's see, maybe about 2007, 2008. I, I think, yeah, I, I want to say 2007. 2007, yes. And so I applied, um, and I was appointed planning commissioner in 2007, ran for office in 2012. That was for the and, city council. And, yes, mm-hmm. I ran for city council in 2012, and I was elected to the city council. And I ran for mayor in 2016, and I was elected mayor of Lemon Grove. And my thought was, wow, if my husband can serve our country with commitment while he's away protecting our freedoms, then I can pitch in and help out at home. You know, I, I was actually going to ask you that, is why did you want to be mayor of Lemon Grove to begin with? 
I mean, I mean, besides obviously the international prestige that comes with that kind of thing, um, <laughs> but besides that, it was it was just to serve your community, or was there was there any other thing you were thinking of at the time? Well, my my form of leadership, uh, and just know that I didn't have on my vision board. I'm going to be mayor one day. <laughs> it just kind of happened, yeah. and um, you know, I I am a true supporter of public service and doing what I can to help. And by helping in the community, um, it provided these opportunities. And while there is a title attached to the job, I'm really passionate about the work, the work involved in setting a vision for our city, putting together policy to support the vision, and then watching um, the benefit materialize in a community. What would you say is your vision of Lemon Grove? Well, it's not my vision, actually. <laughs> actually, it's the vision of the people. And I'm constantly in contact with people, talking wherever I go. And whether it's at the gas station or at the grocery store, concerts in the park, um, movies in the park, uh, the post office, and I, I engage people, and it's really their vision, and it's what people told me they wanted. And the people of Lemon Grove want a clean, safe, and business-friendly city offering arts, culture, and recreation for everyone to enjoy. Now, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> and to achieve all of those things, it's going to take time. But um, I say we're on the ground floor and it's really up to us to move the needle forward one mm -hmm. step at a time. So what would you say at this point are one or two of the biggest issues facing the city? Like, what are the things we need to tackle first? Well, um, the biggest issue is budget. As our budget is $14.6 million dollars, and a large portion of the budget is dedicated to fire and public safety. And there's a cost to operate, just like any other business. But the revenue that's generated by the city does not cover the cost to operate. Now, it's not a spending deficit that we have. It is a revenue-generating deficit. Okay. And so we need to fix that. And this deficit is structural. It's been in place for a very long time. When I came on board, I asked for an independent audit. And that audit revealed for it, – it revealed that there were accounts set up that had money. Some accounts didn't have money. Staff was being paid out of the wrong accounts. We streamlined all that, got an easy-to-understand budget reporting system in place, and revealed that structural deficit. It is not going away, and it's going to have to be managed. And so um, the biggest challenge is the deficit, because if there are improvements out there that we want to support the vision of the people, we have to have the funding to back it up. And at this point, the funding is just not there. 
Yeah. Now, I've, I I feel us edging closer to talking about the sales tax measure, which I definitely want to get to. Um, but before we do, before because I know we'll be we'll, we'll we're going to get knee deep in that in a second. I did want to mention, you know, so you know, I spend a lot of time online. I'm on this Nextdoor app. I go on Facebook, and also Leanna and I have been just walking around the city. Uh, you know, handing out flyers door to door, just promoting the podcast and talking to people. And in all of that stuff, you know, I I love to ask people what they like about Lemon Grove and what are some things that need improvement. And I would say that overall, there's, I I keep hearing the same few things coming up more than anything else, you know. um, So I thought you might want to know what people are saying. I'm sure you've been hearing the same thing. So a lot of people talk about the homelessness and how that impacts the city. People are seeing a lot of that. Sort of general disrepair, particularly of the downtown area. And to some extent, I've, you know, I've had some people mention also fiscal issues, you know, including the low budget deficit and even what some people would call mismanagement of funds. Um, how do you see any of those fitting into, into what you're saying about the challenges to the city? The one thing that I can say about the budget is that it is 100% transparent. It is 100% clean. And anyone can go to the city website and they can take a look at it. Um, The budget reporting system makes it fairly easy uh, to review. And um, we can see where we stand financially. You know, there's so many wants and needs in our community And I hear about the wants and needs daily as I engage uh, folks who live in Lemon Grove, but also who own businesses. Um, But again, it's it's the funding. The funding is just not there. While I cannot speak on um, past practices, um, you know, that there were many decisions that were made by elected leaders, the staff that was in place. Um, and community members who have brought us to this place, Mm. this place where we can see the end result of their decisions. And you can't change it. But today, in this moment, we have the opportunity to pause and take a look at strategies that we can put in place to help move Lemon Grove forward. Um. Again, I can't change the past, but I can help to do my part to set our city up for success. And that's what we want. We want a clean, safe, and business-friendly city offering art, culture, and recreation for everyone to to enjoy. And so um, we have to take care of the structural deficit. If there's a need out in the community that needs to be addressed, it can't happen if the funding is not there. And so I know that part of your plan to remedy that is this proposed sales tax measure that people are walking around the city getting getting signatures for right now to get it on the ballot. And so the sales tax measure is a citizens driven initiative. There are three proponents who um, are currently moving forward with the the measure. They are seeking 1,500 signatures from registered voters to put 
the sales tax measure on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that they are thoughtful and caring. They're longtime residents here in the city, and they've been able to see the state of the city over many years, and um, they're doing their part to try and help us out. It's really about us. Um, this is not a an us versus them. It's all of us together, and so they're doing their part, and I commend them, and as a result, um, I'm there right there, side by side, holding hands with my neighbors, with those who are um, moving forward to secure those signatures who are volunteering countless hours uh, to try and get those signatures so that it can be placed on the ballot. And uh, again, I commend them for their efforts. And this is the ballot for March of 2020, right? Yes, their target is um, for March of 2020. So if you see... Um, them out there, uh, sign the petition. When you sign the petition, it provides an opportunity for it to be placed on the ballot. You're not voting for Mm -hmm. or against it. You're merely allowing it to be placed so that your voice can be heard. So now there are some people who are against it, obviously, and there are some people who are for it, including the fire department, as I understand, Heartland Fire, Sheriff's Department, and some others. Could you just give us a brief summary of what it is that we're talking about? So um, our our current sales tax rate is 7.75%. Of that, we get 1%. Um, The largest portion goes to the state. A portion of that sales tax goes to the county. And then we are uh, provided with 1% of that sales tax. When you shop here, um, you know, the dollars are invested in our backyard. However, uh, we are a small city. Um, We don't have every single resource in our backyard. Um, So we venture out to neighboring cities. And when you look at forward-thinking neighboring cities that are surrounding us, they all have a tax measure in place to ensure that they're generating enough funding to cover the cost to operate. So when you shop in, we'll say, La Mesa, our sales tax rate is 7.75%. But when you shop there in La Mesa, it's 8.5%. And when you shop in Chula Vista, it's 8.75%. National City, it's 8.75%. And El Cajon, it's 85 to 5%. And voters voted in favor of the measure to ensure that they had quality of life. And you can actually see the difference because they have the funding to support the infrastructure needs, uh, park and recreation activities for their youth, but also funding to ensure that their buildings are safe and sound and are in good working condition. Um, They have enough funding to support the true needs for public safety that includes fire and police protection. And so I think that we can be better and we can do better. The, The sales tax has been tried 
and proven to work efficiently in surrounding cities, and we can do the same. So basically, as it is now, getting a gallon of milk at Albertsons in Lemon Grove will cost you slightly less than if you got the same gallon of milk at an Albertsons in Chula Vista, right? And then we would bring up our sales tax to be in line with the surrounding areas and use that extra revenue for public safety, recreation services, homeless services, that sort of thing. Do I have that more or less right? So um, let's say that you were to go to Starbucks and you purchased your favorite coffee. You would pay a little bit more in La Mesa versus Lemon Grove. With the sales tax measure, if it were to pass, you would pay the same amount that you would pay in La Mesa. And by the way, I... I have no idea exactly how much I pay for a cup of coffee in Lemon Grove compared to La Mesa, <laughs> if I'm honest. I, buy, I go to Starbucks in both places. I never notice a difference. And that is correct. Uh, I think uh, that we are shoppers um, based on the things that we love and enjoy in life. And it's very rare that I look at my receipt to say, oh, the sales tax is 8.5%. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, it is my hope that residents will embrace the opportunity to invest in their own backyard. Just know that the city budget is our budget. Consider the city to be an extension of your home. It belongs to you. And I encourage um, residents and those who love Lemon Grove to get involved. To get involved in making decisions, to attend our city council meetings, to um, serve on boards and commissions, and to volunteer. Uh, This is our city, and um, we can make it better if we work together. Well, I'm all for that. We probably should address some of the arguments against the sales tax, and I've talked with a few people, both online and in my travels around the city, um, who who do have some arguments against it. And the main ones that I seem to hear are that because this does add up, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't notice the difference in a cup of coffee between Lemon Grove and La Mesa, but on a large scale, businesses or large scale contractors, for example, do notice a, a, a difference. And so I've heard people say that it would... Uh, a, it would deter businesses from coming in who otherwise might have been attracted by our lower sales tax. B, it could hurt sort of mom and pop businesses who are already here, who have very kind of narrow margins as it is. Uh, and I have heard some people talk about how they feel the city has already mismanaged the funds that it already has, and so why should we just throw more money at it? Um, what do you say about any of those? Uh, you know, I I can refer to the city budget as it's very transparent and it's clean. Uh, the numbers are the numbers. But also, too, uh, just know that people, they shop based on their, their need and they shop based on what they like. Uh, they go to their favorite restaurants and 
I haven't heard of one person complain about um, eating at their favorite restaurant in La Mesa or Chula Vista because the sales tax is somewhat uh, higher. Often, if if you eat um, at a restaurant in Chula Vista or National City, you're actually paying a full cent more, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but the complaints just they don't roll forward. What I can say about business in, in Lemon Grove, you know, there's a natural cycle. And the cycle, some businesses move in, some move out. And within the past year, we actually had 41 new businesses move into our city. And that's a significant number of businesses for a small city like Lemon Grove. Sure. And... The sales tax is not a tax that a business pays. It's actually a sales tax that the end user pays. And so we we shop based on product and we consume based on product. I don't think that there will be a significant impact to whether or not Someone will patronize a Lemon Grove business. And as it relates to big ticket items, uh, often, and, and I'll give you this example here. If you purchase a car at any given car lot, uh, we'll place you somewhere out, we'll say in North County. They will ask you, what is your zip code? They ask you for your zip code because you are charged based on the tax rate in your city. So this will not drive sales out of Lemon Grove. The sales will be the sales. And if someone is looking to purchase a particular type of car, and if the price of the car uh, is attractive to them, then they're going to purchase it anyway. Sure, but I mean, I, I know that I've I was talking with someone the other day who was um, I think he was a general contractor, and he was saying something about, um, you know, if he when he has a big job and he needs to buy a whole bunch of lumber, for example, yes. and he knows that the sales tax is slightly less in Lemon Grove as it is in say Chula Vista at the Home Depot, then he'll come to the Home Depot in Lemon Grove. But if the sales tax is the same as Chula Vista, then he would have no reason to go out of his way on certain jobs to come to Lemon Grove. And the good news is, regardless to which Home Depot you shop in, and if you are purchasing a significant amount of lumber, the cash register, if you're going to the um, individual cash register where you pay on your own, or the clerk will ask you, what is your zip code? And they will charge you the appropriate rate based on your zip code. I see. Now, I also understand that there is supposed to be some kind of oversight committee. Can you tell me a little bit about how that would work? So the tax measure is written. um, If it passes, it will become law. And it requires a mandatory oversight committee of uh, individuals from the community. That committee will make recommendations to the city council on how the additional funding can be spent. Now, uh, let me just uh, step back here 
if this measure should pass, uh, we anticipate generating 2.9 million plus. Uh, that money and that is annually. Would, annually, yes, that money would cover the structural deficit, the long time structural deficit. It's been in place nearly two decades. Um, it will cover that structural deficit, and there will be some money left over. And that committee will make recommendations to the city council members on how that funding uh, should or could be spent. So, you know, if the recommendations are to invest that money to pave more streets, um, that recommendation would be received. Or maybe more recreation for our youth or to make improvements to our parks. Uh, ultimately, the recommendations will come from the people. Well, I know we are all going to be keeping a really close eye on this. It will be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, I know that really we all have the same goal, right? We all want whatever's best for the city. I think some people to disagree on how we're going to get there. And I believe that that's okay as long as we move forward. <laughs> and, you know, some are, some, our pace is just a little bit slower than others. Um, but, you know, the goal is to move forward. The goal is to see the true needs of our city and to put in place measures and strategies for improvement. We want our city to improve. I want our city to improve. I think we're worthy of that. Speaking of moving forward, let's talk about the future. What is next for Lemon Grove? What's next for Raquel Vasquez? So, um, really hopeful that the tax measure will make it to the ballot. That That's the first hurdle. <laughs> we have right. to get over the first hurdle. Just to get it on the ballot. Um, just to get it on the ballot. And once it's on the ballot, ultimately it's the voter who will decide whether or not it will pass. Uh, that will really help to set us on the path to success. But also, too, I mean, despite the fact that we have this deficit and we need to address it, there are some things that we are moving forward with this year. And so we're, we're going to work uh, with agencies to try to improve our city. And just to give you um, a snapshot of what's to come, uh, Sandad provided a grant of 2.5 million to the city. That's 2.5 million to continue work on the Connect Main Street. And um, so that project's gonna move forward. Uh, also, uh, we received SB1 funds and that's the gas tax. And so um, last year we received a little over $800,000 and as a result of the funding that we have, we were able to pave 11 miles of streets. That's the largest number of streets that have been paved in the history of the city. Now, we anticipate receiving nearly $1 million. And so we're going to pave more streets. And that's exciting for our city. How do I get my street on the top of that list? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that question. There is a paving schedule that's in place. Oh, really? And if you 
Yes, absolutely. And so if you want to know where your street is on the paving schedule, call the city. And they'll let you know exactly where it's placed on the schedule. Oh, I'm going to call so, the city. Yes, call the city. <laughs> um, we plan to make more improvements to the medians uh, throughout the city. And uh, we received a grant for bike patrol for our sheriffs. So we have additional law enforcement um, that will ride through our city on bikes to help keep us safe. Uh, we are hopeful that we will receive a grant to purchase a new fire engine for the firefighters. So um, let's cross our fingers and toes for that. Sure. And, you know, we're working with the East County cities, so that's La Mesa, El Cajon, and Santee, to work on strategies to collaboratively work on homeless issues in our communities. Um, so... Rather than working as an individual city because we're so small, we feel as though our greater impact is when we work as a region. Um, we are looking at um, Prop 68 funds, and we're looking at improving our, our park space. So we're going to apply for grants. Um, and we're working with Sandag on the 2020 U.S. Census count uh, because every resident in our city should be counted in 2020. Now, I understand there is also an undergrounding project going on with SDG&E. What is the progress on that? Do you know? Can you tell us anything about that? So um, as we enter into October, Soon you will see work begin to underground the utility poles. Uh, the project uh, will take shape in October. We're looking at mid-October or so, uh, where they will do the work to underground the overhead wires, energize the system underground. And they're starting that over by North Avenue and Lemon Grove Avenue. Do I have that right? That's sort of that area that they're starting with? The project will start off of North Avenue, where you will see the work begin. And once the project is complete, you will have a clear view of the Lemon Grove sky. So right now they're just doing that area. When they finish that area, are there any plans on moving to other areas of the city? There are lots of plans in place. <laughs> However, we all have plans. <laughs> we have plans. <laughs> but um, it's the funding. And we actually uh, pay in um, a small fee to SDG&E. And that funding is set aside for utility undergrounding uh, projects. So when there is enough funding available, that will trigger uh, the implementation of a project. Now, on a... More personal note, I don't know if you listen to the show much or anything, but we have had a couple candidates for the 53rd District's congressional seat on here. We've had Joaquin Vasquez, uh, no relation, I assume, um, and <laughs> Jose Caballero as well. Um, there has been some talk of you running. Are you prepared to let us know one way or the other what your plans are? Well, um, I'm glad that you asked that question. And um, please know that the idea of running for 
the 53rd Congressional District. It is quite an honorable opportunity. And I appreciate all of the phone calls and emails and text messages from those who would like for me to run for the Congressional District. And at this point, it is under serious consideration. And so um, I have not made a decision yet, but um, it is under consideration. Well, I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, when the time comes, I'm sure uh, everyone will know my final decision. Okay, now I know we are coming up on 40 minutes now, and so our time is close. But I do want to get a couple bonus questions in to you real fast, if we could. How do you feel about being mayor I know it's kind of a weird question, but is it is it what you hoped it would be? Is there anything you were surprised about that you weren't expecting when you when you first were running for the position? It's exactly what I expected it to be. And I when I ran for mayor, I, I didn't run for the title. I ran for the work. And so my focus is on the work supporting the vision of the people. And while change will not happen overnight, uh, I'm working every single day to try and support change for our city. Just know that the mayoralship position here for the city of Lemon Grove is part-time. And so, um, you know, with the efforts that are in place, uh, it truly is a labor of love. So because you have a day job, right? You have I have a day job. Absolutely. I have to live. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I love the city. And I appreciate the opportunity to take part in the process to create policy, but also to support programs that will benefit our city and to be part of the process to make our city better. My hope is that um, Lemon Grove residents will take their passion for uh, better Lemon Grove and get involved, volunteer, be part of the conversation to help improve our city. Uh, We are like a diamond in the rough. And, you know, a diamond is a rock. But if you take it and you cut it the right way and you shine it up, guess what? We can sparkle. What are some... Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm sparkling now. I know. We can sparkle. And we can be amazing. We truly can. You shine on, you crazy diamond. Listen. (laughs) Yes. What are some misconceptions that you think some people have about your job? You know, like people think you're in charge of something, but you're really not, or that you can affect something, but you really can't, or I, I don't know. There must be some misconceptions that you that you have to counter sometimes. I, and I do. I encounter lots of misconceptions, but my commitment to making sure that people are informed is to take time out and explain uh, government processes. And to be truthful and honest about what can and cannot be done. You know, I meet often with residents uh, in my office on Mondays. 
but also out in the community. And if there is an opportunity to inform, um, I, I stop and I'll listen and I'll share what I know. And if I don't have the answer in that moment, I make a commitment to make sure that staff gets back to the resident to make sure that they have the right information. Well, now let me go back to that for a second. You said that mm -hmm. residents can come to your office and speak to you directly on Mondays. What? Absolutely, what yes. Uh, yeah, I, I meet with residents. I meet with community groups. I meet with um, developers and, and nonprofits and um, a whole host of uh, folks on Mondays to engage them, uh, listen to their concerns, but also their recommendations to really help the city. So someone could call the city and schedule an appointment with you? Absolutely, yes. Now, public office always has its critics. There's no way around that, any elected position. How do you, how do you handle that? Well, I believe that people are entitled to their opinions. And um, they're entitled to their opinions, and, and it's okay. I mean, I just think that, I, I mean, I have never been in a position like that. So I can only imagine what it's like to hold an office where you where your job, everything that you do in your job is very public. And so there is in every case there are going to be a lot of people who support you and there are going to be a certain number of people who not only don't support you but even can just personally almost don't seem to like you even though they don't know you. I can I I can't like when I look at elected positions I wonder what that's like to sort of walk around carrying that all the time. It must be strange. Well, I don't carry it with me all the time. Uh, in fact, I actually uh, have a great appreciation for people, people who are like me, but people who are not like me, um, because that's what makes this world so very unique. And often you can learn something from someone who has an opposing view. Likewise, if there's an opportunity to engage and inform, they can learn a little something from you too. So as it relates to people, I have respect and high regard for them and who they are, and I see value in every single person can't say that everyone's the same, but that's my approach. And when I'm speaking with someone and in that moment, the question that I'm addressing in my head is, if there's a situation, how can we fix it? Well, I'm sure it's not easy, but you have been gracious in calling in and taking the time to talk with me, so I appreciate that. And if it's all right, I would love to check in with you now and again. I think people really appreciate being able to hear your positions and your thoughts directly. Absolutely. And uh, just know that um, maybe in a future podcast, we can talk about a particular topic, such as the state of our CIT. Uh, the CIT, that's our Capital Improvement Program. And essentially, it's all the assets that the city owns and the condition of those assets and what it takes to not only maintain but repair so that those assets don't end up in poor or failing condition.
Well, if you've got a few minutes, do you want to go over that <laughs> right now? I I think that's probably worthy of a conversation on a future podcast. It would take some time right. to go over it. Fair um, but I'd be more than happy to do that. But also, I'd love to talk about streets and where we're going <laughs> with our streets. Well, it sounds like we have a lot to talk about. So we will be we in do. touch again, and we will schedule something, and we'll dig deep into more issues as we go. In the meantime, is there any more information you want people to know about? Any websites, links, social media people should know? Absolutely. I encourage every single resident to get involved with the City of Lemon Grove. Visit our website. You can go there, sign up to volunteer, but also add us on social media. That's Facebook and Instagram. One thing that I do know is that Lemon Grove is an amazing city. There's so much culture here, and it's rich with history, and it definitely has a bright future. So thank you so much for your time, and I hope to see you soon. Raquel Vasquez, Mayor of Lemon Grove, thank you again for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Waiting for the mayor to come I know she's a big deal and all But I'm not nervous at all When I'm waiting for the mayor to come Waiting for the mayor Waiting, waiting Waiting for the mayor Waiting, waiting Waiting for the mayor Waiting for the mayor Oh, here we go Hello, this is Greg. Oh, hi, Greg. It's Raquel Vasquez. How are you? Hello, Madam Mayor. How are you? Thanks for calling. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> right on. Yeah.